You're listening to the Bastards of King's Grave, the intersection of A Song of Ice and Fire and everything else. As usual, this is Amin, and today we're going to be talking about Comic-Con uh, 2019 at San Diego, as well as some of the recent anime and manga uh, we've been uh, watching or, or reading recently. Um, I'm joined by our usual anime manga crew. Uh, this is Bill. I'm Mr. Korb on the forums. This is Bing. I'm Shushan on the forums. And, and this is Zach. Uh, yeah, sorry. sorry. We have a returning guest host with us today yes. as well. Yeah, it's not technically usual on this, but I, I'm glad to be back <laughs> and to, to bring some yeah. uh, shocking lack of knowledge. We need, we need, we need to have uh, fans of all power levels, so you can represent the lower yes. ones. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm like, the, uh-huh. I'm like the Raditz of uh, the show. <laughs> no, you're better than Raditz because we brought you back. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Really I survived one episode. Bring you back for You're like pinching hot. How about that? Yes. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Yamcha, yeah. but that's yeah. too mean. Yeah, it's Krillin. a little, little mean. Krillin. <laughs> hey, Krillin. That's pretty good. Actually, yeah, right? Krillin's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take that. He gets power. He has a nice wife. He has a kid. Okay. Well, we'll be talking quite a bit about Dragon Ball, actually, because um, let's, talking about Comic Con. Uh, it was hosting, I think, the, either the first part or one one of the parts, anyway, of the Dragon Ball World Adventure, which is kind of a moving tour between different cities in the world that has, they set up there basically like a little mini city there with uh, full-size figures you can take pictures of with the various characters, the actual figures you can buy, uh, they have the video game there, they have all this kind of, kind of stuff you can collect there, like Dragon Ball lanyards and bags and stuff if you do, like, you basically jump through the hoops and do the kind of stuff for free, get free swag. And so I went to this, uh, it was on all weekend, and they actually, uh, I'll put a photo up of this uh, episode. They, they actually, for the Marriott Hotel, which was one of the big hotels beside Comic-Con, they even put up Dragon Ball, like, on the main entrance. They had, like, a giant Dragon Ball thing on the main entrance, so they converted it to, <laughs> to Dragon Ball. And then if you go in, there's all these, like, uh, the kind of, like, things on the floor that point to where to go to the Dragon Ball setup. And then the elevators had, like, Dragon Ball characters on the elevator. So I should I'll share a photo of that with this podcast. Pretty awesome. They really embraced it, uh, and so it was open the whole weekend. But they were actually setting it up on Wednesday, and having attended as press, I got an email. You know, you actually get tons of emails leading up to Comic Con. So one, I, I pay attention for the ones that are to what's of interest to me. I saw Dragon Ball, and it said, "Oh, there's a special press only thing for the first half an hour, three three o'clock on on Wednesday before it's going to open at three thirty. So I'm like, okay, uh, it says email to R- uh, RSVP. So I, I did that, and then um, they're like, oh, what do you, so what What are you uh, from? What, 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 and I'm like, okay, I do ba- Bastards of King's Grave, and I do Podcast of Ice and Fire, and then like, they didn't get that email, and I had to send it again. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the guy was like, oh, I don't even know if this is appropriate. I'm like, you're the guy who emailed me. Like, you emailed me as press, and now you're just like, I can't RSVP. You're the one who sent me the email. And it's like, oh, okay, well, we've signed you up. I don't think it's appropriate. It's like the most grilling I ever got from any, from any of these press. Like, in comparison, I'll get to what I went to the Orville experience, which you uh-huh. think would be much more exclusive, where the press were there for part of it. And I, I, I got the email at RSVP. They're like, great, we have you on the list. <laughs> they didn't even care what I what I was from. They just they just took me. But this one, this guy was like so grilling us to like, oh, I don't know if it counts. I'm like, hey, I've gone to Comic Con. I've reviewed it. I have a specific episode, anime and manga Comic Con. So, and it turns out it didn't matter because when we actually showed up to the event, you didn't need a badge to get in. Uh, but for the press part, if you just came in, I showed my press badge and they just waved us in. And we did end up checking in for it, but we didn't have to. We could have just been in there and done whatever. 
So it turns out I could have just showed up anyway with my press badge. It would have been enough, but I was actually on the list too. <laughs> so we got to see everything, and I'll put up. I'm going to put up an uh, album both with this episode and with the main one on podcast advice and fire. We talk about Comic Con as a whole, and um, but what's kind of cool is on Wednesday. So we saw the stuff that's going on there. They're still setting up, and I, I, it's funny. Is somebody like broke into a, a box with like Dragon Ball T-shirts, and I didn't I didn't know that happened. But because when we were waiting for the event, somebody just like went in. They, they were still setting up everything, and so they vetted us so so carefully. Yet one of those press went and ripped into a box. <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway, so we, what was happening at three thirty, although got delayed to four, is they were going to do a, an attempt at the world record, Guinness World Record, at the most people doing a Kamehameha at the same time. So <laughs> right, they, were, they, they said the first a thousand people would get scouters and stuff, and we got scouters. We got we got these scouters to wear, uh, and then they actually gave us some shirts as well. So then they, uh, they they brought the press in first, and they started letting the rest of the people in to kind of like build up the crowd. So we got to meet like the main part of the, the group doing this, and they brought the voice actor, the English voice actor of Goku. He was there to help lead the crowd. Uh, and then so we had this big group there, and then we had this British guy from the Guinness Book of Records who like said what you have to do, whatever, and then and then we did it. We did it. We had a group, Kamehameha, and we got the world record for 786 people, I think. Nearly 800 people doing a Kamehameha at the same time. So we're in the Guinness Book of Records now. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And that's, that was the first event, the first thing we did at Comic-Con. That's the kind of thing that happens in Comic-Con that makes it worth it to go there at least once if you, if you can. So. Bastards of King's Gravy, record-setting, uh, world right. record-setting yes. podcast. That's right. Yes. Guinness Book of Records. I wanted to be able to email back the, the, the press guy and be like, hey, you think uh, we were inappropriate for this? We, we just set the record. <laughs> so then, uh, so that was it for the Dragon Ball thing. Um, I, I also got a Dragon Ball bag and some stuff later on. I didn't get, what's funny, one thing that became really big at Comic-Con is a lot of free, like they have free stuff, uh, kind of headband free stuff. Like this one, they had the Dragon Ball hair. See, you, you could have like a Dragon Ball. <laughs> I didn't get that because I didn't get it. Wasn't being handed out at that time. But that's kind of cool. They also had that for One Punch Man. They had One Punch Man different face expressions. You could get like a little headband with it, and everyone seemed to do like various booths gave that. Um, in terms of other related, I don't know, this is not anime and manga, but still, you know, overlap with your interests. Sci-fi. Any of you guys watch the Orville at all? I do. Oh, you do. Have you watched both seasons? Like, yeah, I've watched, watched all of it. Okay, so so they had the Orville experience, just kind of like the Game of Thrones experience. They they set up a whole like what looked to be maybe like an old art gallery or something. They took it over and they put various Orville stuff in there. They had like props and then like screens from the show and and all kinds of stuff from the show there. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Comic Con is as actually dubbed it Line Con is waiting in line for stuff. <laughs> so I I always contact now to be like, oh, I'm press. Can I come in for press only, please? <laughs> I don't want to be lining in the in lines or something like you guys. You guys can wait outside. I want to just go in do the thing and leave. I don't wait for two hours out there. Right? Uh, right. And then I emailed back saying yes. There's a VIP slash press thing on Thursday at three o'clock because the main thing didn't open till six. So I signed up for that, and then John and Anna, so I can Vector John came as well, and Tara's a fan. She came, and Ashley came as well. So we had a big group, and we went there, and we were all signed up, so we easily went in. And it was good. They had refreshments. Uh, they had like beer and wine and refreshments. And we got to like go through the experience without having tons of people there. There was only, they say, 40 people there instead of 100 or more, right? All press. And it was really good. Now, the only downside uh, at that time is I left 
too early that I didn't get the book. Because they were handing out wow. three copies of The World of the Orville, which is a pretty big book, pretty impressive book. Mm. Uh, but I did get it on Saturday because when I went back, I'm like, hey, I didn't get this book. Can you give it to me? They're like, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't give it to everyone. They gave it to press or they gave it to people doing cosplay or specific things. But for that night, if you were there for the press thing, you got a book, which is nice. And I also got the Orville uh, uh, baseball hat as well. Nice. <laughs> so it was nice. Got a little swag like that. And the cast came on Saturday. Like I got an email saying, oh, the cast is coming at 530. The people that were pressed, you're already on the VIP list. So when I went back, we could, we could just go right in. We'd have to go in the line again. And then the press, were, uh, the, the, the cast was there. So we were able to, they took photos. We didn't get photos with them because there was too many people there. But it was uh -huh. nice to see the cast there. Seth gave a bit of a speech and had an interview with someone. And uh, that was good. It was, a, it, was, it was a great experience for fans of the Orville. And that's common to Comic-Con. They have all kinds of different experiences for different shows. The problem is you don't want to wait like three or four hours in line to get in there. So. Right. So that's why I like the press badge. The press badge is that advantage. You also get to go in a press lounge, which is a nice place to kind of just have somewhere you can actually sit and eat. Because there's not that many places you could sit and eat in Comic Con. There's just so much mm. going on. If you stand in one place for too long, the guards tell you to move on because <laughs> there's just people <laughs> walking around. Um, now, in terms of anime and manga, it was a little disappointing because I didn't get to get to the, the main panels I usually do. They usually have like the best and worst manga uh, of 2019, that kind of stuff. You know, Deb Aoki, Bing? Aren't you, yeah, do you yeah. listen to her podcast she's, and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, she's a uh, pretty, yeah, I read her columns sometimes. She does good panels. I didn't get to go to her panels this year. I yeah. was going to go to, and then I went to Star Trek Deep Space Nine instead, which is the hour later. So I had to go to the previous panel before that to go into that. And then again, they had a lot of the cast there. It was a very good panel, uh, but they didn't do Q&A, which is a bit disappointing because I wanted to do that. And the, the, one of the actors from Deep Space Nine is actually the doctor on the Orville. So, oh yeah, cool. uh, Penny um, Penny Johnson. Penny Johnson is on there. Yeah, I did get a photo with the, the two kids from the Orville. You know, her, her, oh. her sons in the Orville. They were they were mingling in the crowd, so we took a photo together. But most of the other actors weren't there that long. Plus, there was they got, they got swamped. There were just too many people there. Right. That event, but that was cool. I didn't see the actual Orville its own panel, but I, I figured big panels like that you can just see on YouTube later anyway. You, you're just gonna be sitting at the back of a huge room. You might as well just see it YouTube. But uh, the actual more closer stuff I went to. We had our panel, the Game of Thrones uh, Ice and Fire panel, on Thursday. So that will be released audio at least with the with the episode. I'm trying to think if there's anything else anime, manga related or from Comic-Con. I didn't really see much of it. It was there. Um, oh, I, went, oh, I was trying to get into the SpongeBob uh, birthday <laughs> blowout, but it was it was swamped. It was like filled up the whole room. So didn't get it's a hot that. ticket. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I did get some figures. We got some stuff. Um, my girlfriend is a fan of uh, what's the show? It's the show that uh, um, Code Geass, I think. Or uh, Code, yeah, Code Geass. Yeah. So we yeah. got some figures from that, and then then we got Dragon Ball figures because we're getting into Dragon Ball again. We had gone into the Dragon Ball event, so I guess that can kind of segue into Dragon Ball generally. Uh, what I like about Dragon Ball now that's a show I never really properly followed in the past because there's just so much. So many episodes when I was growing up, but I, I think I watched the the one that's like ninety episodes at the time that, that summarizes it, like that version. Kai maybe Dragon Ball. Yeah, Kai. So I saw that, which is pretty good. And then I I, I think I, there's, there's like a fan made abridgment one that I watch that sometimes where they summarize <laughs> what so happened. So good, it's really so good, good, really hilarious. Yeah. I was wearing my armor. <laughs> Vegeta says. <laughs> um, 
And then, and, but but I've been watching the movies. So I watched Broly, for example, that came out uh, early, I think, in the fall or some sometime within a year, right? And when you go to those movies, everyone's a fan, so it's fun. Like everyone's enjoying it, and it, that's part of the fun of Dragon Ball. Now is like you have that built-up development of like there's just so many characters, but then you, you kind of like know them, and then they, there's the comedy. The comedy is woven in. So that was going there. So, is there any comments or questions on Dragon Ball? You guys wanted to talk about that? Oh, I just kind of want to understand what, if you can explain it, what the kind of continuity with Dragon Ball is at this point. So, the current the current airing material is Dragon Ball Super, right? Yes. So, what is the deal with that? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> okay. What is that? I'll give a shot at it, and then maybe Bing or Bell, if you if you know, I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. <laughs> really? the way the way that it had happened i think is that there was a show called dragon ball is it gt or something yeah. which was supposed to be the future but it was never that popular or the alternate canon now and so that is not being followed i mean maybe still the canon but it's alternate that gt is erased like we're not thinking about gt anymore no. yeah gt is not canon anymore it doesn't exist and so super and the movies are kind of similar super is like the tv version of it and there's more detail and longer, and the movies are kind of the last few movies are kind of overlapping with Super for the most part. There might be some changes in between them, but they seem to be in alignment. That's the way I see it. Is that what you guys okay. see? I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think the, the, those movies are basic. The TV show is basically like covering similar events as the movies, right? Yes, just in more detail. Oh, I remember. We have more episodes, yeah. right, to flesh it out. But mm-hmm. the the movies basically, uh, movies are canon, and then they cover. Um, like everyone is just like, just the power levels just keep going up, right? I think you, you, you talking, what was it? What was the term you use? Like the, the, um, there was a term you put up for Shonen, right? The, uh, uh oh, the treadmill, the treadmill, it's a, it, it, it's a treadmill jacked way up. The one that you the treadmill yeah. goes up with height. Yep. That's what it is. It's like, uh, super Saiyan is nothing. It's like chump change now. Like super Saiyan, like Krillin can be a super Saiyan or, or something. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> like everyone is being powered up right over time. Each level becomes more and more like your lower level is nothing and you got to go to the higher level. So they, the Dragon Ball Resurrection. So if you want to get back into Dragon Ball, I think Super's. If you if you want to watch, I haven't watched Super myself. Watch the last couple of movies. Is the way to do it. Okay. Okay. There's there's Dragon Ball. Uh, I think like the one where Beerus for shows up, like the God of Destruction. I think it's that one first, then Resurrection, which deals with Frieza, and then Broly. Those three is the ones I would watch, and the three I've seen that are really entertaining. They have all the characters already there, and there's backstory. Because <clears throat> that's the thing. The, the thing with the Dragon Ball, you've built up all these characters, right? So you can just put them in there and, and have them at play. So, well, Broly was a was a was originally a movie character, right? Which yeah. was never also not really part of any continuity. And yes. Now they guess he's properly in the continuity now. I don't know. There was an earlier version of Broly, I think, right? Like there's three earlier versions yeah. of Broly. But yeah, three movies. It is canon now. I mean, Broly exists and. It, okay. It's interesting because in theory, Broly could could be the most powerful in that, at least of like anybody under the gods or whatever. Like he 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 didn't have all the development of everybody else yet. His lower forms were quite powerful. So that's my question, right? So with characters like Frieza and Broly, like Bing said, there are past examples of them occurring in the media, obviously. So does Super advance their storylines, or is it like a retelling, like a reboot of of those guys? Super advances Frieza. Frieza is definitely developing more than okay. it was before. As for Broly, I don't know because I didn't see the earlier versions of it. Uh, Frieza, for good and for bad. I mean, Frieza is entertaining in some sense. He's also freaking annoying. 
but sometimes like, why do you sure. keep bringing this guy back? And you just get, yeah. get rid of this guy. He keeps coming back, and like, because you guys are dumb. <laughs> right. So, 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 right. So, super basic just picks off right at the end of DBZ. Yeah. Right. And then, but then, like, several things gets reconned or whatever here and there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it is that tricky thing with media like this that has such a like powerful cultural footprint that people like so clearly recognize certain characters like Frieza and stuff like there's this feeling that you need to bring them back again and again like it would be sort of antithetical to actually bring in like a new villain or new characters and stuff you just have to like figure out how to make these guys who have existed forever work in a new way but they do uh, I'll give them that they they handled it well I think especially the Broly movie really mixes everybody in together really well so and then the Dragon Ball is about a couple of things. The fights, the fights, the comedy, and then the plot, not so much, but a bit of character development. Like characters like Vegeta and Piccolo, for example. Mm-hmm. Like they really do develop over time and, and are interesting. Like, Goku is the same idiot <laughs> that he was 30 years ago. <laughs> but uh, um, it's those side characters that, that he they got a lot of use out of, I think. Oh, yeah, that, that's cool. Like, I, I think it's awesome that Dragon Ball is still sustaining. And it sounds to me like I know that, like you mentioned, GT, I think people really didn't like that approach. And it's cool that with Super, it seems like they've found their footing again. And mm. and that movie, Super Broly, it sounds like people really loved that in particular, which which surprised me. So, yeah, it's it's great that uh, Dragon Ball is getting love again. Yeah, I think Super goes ahead of – I'm guessing Super goes ahead of Broly, but I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Like, uh, I don't want to give away too much. So, yeah. Check them out, and we'll hear what you thought yeah. of them <laughs> the next time you're back. So that's it for Dragon Ball. Uh, we were going to talk about One Punch Man Season 2. So what did you think, Zach? All right, I'm going to open the, uh, yeah. open the talk on One Punch Man Season 2. All right, so so I'll say this with, with One Punch Man Season 2. I think, and we talked about this a little bit in the last one in terms of you know, projecting what One Punch Man season two is going to look like in the context of what season one was. Mm. And I had this kind of, I like this mention, this idea that there was this concern that obviously with the idea of Saitama being this character who is all powerful and can defeat anyone, there is a risk that it doesn't have legs. It can't sustain for a long period of time. Um, And I don't, I don't think that that was necessarily the issue with One Punch Man season two. I think I think the situation is just that it's the, the kind of show that it is. It's a delicate formula. I think I think there's some shows that things don't all have to come together perfectly for it to work. But for this one, I think to some degree, things like all the aspects of the show of the production in terms of things like obviously animation, which this season got ding on a lot you know there was the whole thing about them changing studios and there was many scenes in the in the in the in the in the season that were less than impressive especially the fight stuff mm. and and beyond that also just like poor direction it felt to me like the choices of when to use certain music at certain yes. parts was very yeah. strange and it was very yeah. jarring and, and and in terms of like achieving that delicate formula where it all comes together and works really well it felt like it it fell short in that respect. And I think that it just, it needs to like, it needs to come together in that precise way for this kind of show to work for me. So I think the, the second season also suffers from the fact that the materials that it's covering, right. Uh-huh. Which is much more scattered shot than compared to season one. Right. I mean, I mean even, even though season one is, it's focused, it has a bunch of very tiny arcs. It's surprisingly focused fanatically, whereas season two jumps from all these different side characters, which is the same in the manga. But yeah. the manga is it, it worked a little bit better in the manga, 
than it did in the show. Well, you don't, have a, like. you don't have a clear ending point in the manga, right? Right. Season two is setting up for really good stuff in season three. But right. the problem is, if you have a transition season that's not going to be good as, as, as good as in plot because it's set up, it's world building, you need at least the good animation and music. So you have, if you're lacking on everything, then it's like the worst combination, right? Right. So, and, well, and also, like, do you, so, so it very much depends on do you care about all these other characters besides yes. Saitama, or is right. the show just a purely Saitama slash Genos, a Genos driven show? Right. And, and for I, me, I yeah. For me, I am in it for Saitama. For the most part, and right. he just did not get a lot of screen time in this season. Obviously, he no. fades into the background for significant amounts of time. In particular, the arc that just really was not fun for me was the the whole tournament arc, which just was glacially <laughs> slow. No, no, every no. single show. Uh, actually, tournament no. arc was fast in the anime. It was only like two episodes, something like the right. rock and the manga okay. was freaking long. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think like you mentioned, this idea of the material being, um, and just the fact that there isn't a lot. To, there isn't a lot right now for them to adapt right at the time they, they produced this because just of the rate that the manga is being made. Um, so they had to have this transition season that didn't really feel complete because there just wasn't enough material to work with. Well, there was no true ending, really. I mean, they had that, that one thing getting killed, but it just kind of eh, like it, it didn't yeah. really have a proper ending. The music, I, I think I'm glad you mentioned that because the music was I mean, I can deal with even animation being off. But like the season one had the music time at the right time, the right level, the right tracks. And it just seemed a bit lacking at some key moments, even because there were still some key moments like that, that fight in the in, at the end with uh, like, you know, the end of the res- resolution of the uh, tournament arc was with uh, Sayu or whatever, like when he realizes what Saitama is and all that. And that like, I really liked that in the manga. That was really good in the manga. And then it was it was good here, but it still didn't it didn't have that own for the music that I thought it could have. Yeah, it was an odd choice in terms of how they cut together the the episodes. That yes. that moment happens at the beginning of an episode. It's like a cliffhanger, and then that happens. It just it, there was a lot of strange choices mm-hmm. in general with the season. But with that said, like you mentioned, I don't know how to say his name. I'm going to butcher all the names, but Siryu, that the character that yeah. is introduced in that tournament arc, I loved him. I thought he was really he's cool. He's like a Dragon him. Ball character, which is funny. He's yeah. like transplanted with the hair into the world of the yeah, coach. for sure. <laughs> And it's an interesting character idea yeah. of this guy who um, who obviously doesn't think much of heroes and is kind of this aloof, you know, just natural talent who's going to kind of have to learn some lessons. And I'm curious to see where that goes going forward. And there was a lot of good stuff with him. And of course, you know, the standout of the season, Garu, mm-hmm. I, again, probably screwing up the name. Very, very good character. Very fun to watch. Just uh, just very enjoyable uh, throughout. And he had probably the best scenes overall in the season. Yeah, I agree, actually. I'm glad you liked him. I mean, that was the point, is to build him up so that he can get more interesting things in, in moving onward. So I'm glad that it seemed to be that he was appreciated by the fandom. Yeah. Really good backstory there, and just a unique character. And I, and, and I also liked the conversations um, between Saitama and King. I really liked the dynamic between the two. Mm. And there were some really stand-up moments there, I think, especially in the... I want to say the second-to-last episode, they're having that conversation, um, just like walking down the street and talking about, of course, the thing, that, which I, I genuinely find very fascinating, and I, I hope to see more of as this continues, um, this idea, of course, of Saitama being this person who has no, who's completely kind of dissociated from <laughs> what it means to be like a person anymore. It's just... It, I find that so interesting. I actually think he is an awesome character you know so much about him is made of this idea that he's just like the guy who obviously is just all powerful but there's a lot of cool character stuff that spins out from that that i wish that we got more of but i but i think that you know there's the seeds of that that i hope they continue to explore well the question is do we know anything about season three like is it the same 
I mean, I'm assuming the same studio, but what about the director? Are they able to get the director back? Do you have any information on that stuff? Or I don't. Well, we shouldn't assume the same studio either, <laughs> considering what happened. <laughs> they might, they might have, uh, well, hopefully that means that they, they go up to a better one, not, not, or not downgrade to a lower one. <laughs> and they can always go down. There's always, <laughs> there's always more studios. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there is any news on uh, season three yet. No. Well, the reality is, like we said, there's not a lot of material yet, right? So they have to kind of wait till they well, have enough to make is, an anime. There is in the the uh, comic. The web comic has a lot of material. Right. The question is yeah. that in the manga, there's not a lot that's been adapted. It's a little bit ahead of what's happened, but not that much. Not no. enough like that. The pace that they're going to to fill out a season. So do they wait for the manga to get there, or do they just draw straight off the web comic? That I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the show, it's it's so strange to me because when the show obviously first came out, it was this massive hit, at least in the West. I don't know how well received it was in, in Japan. But it's straight, you know, I think a part of it is by virtue of just the reality of the situation that it, that it's a new manga that's being that's taking time to develop. So obviously it's had these huge breaks between the seasons. But it just feels like it's been underserved. Like for what it, yes. for the love it got, it just feels like it's not gotten gotten everything that it should have gotten i feel like lost a lot of momentum from season one yeah it's very hard yeah. to, to get that back i mean even attack on titan had that problem and it, yeah it was, how popular was that it, might it, be a good segue <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is are we done with the one punch i guess we finished it to move on so yep. so another show attack on titan that took forever to, to come back uh but the zach is back on the train right you're back yeah, I think so. So, I mean, this is a good this is a good setup, right? Because I think what happened with Attack on Titan, right, is that I was one of those people who watched the first season uh, in 2013 or whatever that was. And I just everything I heard about the second season when it eventually came out four years later, of course, the same issue as One Punch Man, where it just had this huge delay in the production of it. I just didn't it didn't entice me. I just kind of lost interest in the direction they seem to be going with the story. But from what I've heard uh, from season three, and obviously you guys have been keeping up with the manga, and so you know where, where the story is at right now, it seems like people are just back on this train, and it's gotten me really excited to <laughs> to potentially go back and catch up on it. So I'm curious. I'm just curious. Do you guys share that sentiment that the story has improved? It's gotten to a good place. It's it's all good, or is that is that way off? Well, when we talk about first, Bill, in terms of watching the season, because you watched the season, what do you think? Has the season been adapting pretty good? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, so they've adapted through chapter 90. That was where they, they ended the season at where they, the, uh, the scouts get to the, to the ocean. So they're setting up for, for everything that happens elsewhere, uh, without getting too spoilery. Um, do they see any, uh, do they have any more information that there's an ocean there? Do they have any like location stuff or that's not being... Kind of um, yeah, because they do go into uh, Grisha's uh, flashback to oh, when he, yeah, yep. so, so the, the so cat's out know, of the bag. Yeah, we know about Marley, we know about how they are oppressing the Eldians mm. and the whole uh, Nazi Jewish allegory mm. that that story brings with it. Um, yeah, I heard something about that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people didn't quite understand the allegory and they were just like, Oh, this whole show is anti-Semitic because this is obviously, but it's like, no, 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 no. You know, they're just using that real world event, you know, to help us understand what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's been a lot of editorialization about yeah. the, the comparison. So I will say this, uh, 
I do. So the 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 show being anti-Semitic, of course, it's not. Whatever. That's that's not that's that's no Jewish people in the in the show. Well, it's not. not it was not even that. I don't think the shit. I mean, even like even from the allegorical standpoint, the show isn't necessarily saying. I will say Isayama is very plays it very loose with his. Uh, allegories <laughs> or <laughs> allegories of quotation marks they're not really allegories he's what he's really is just borrowing themes and that he finds cool yes. and just inserting them into his story and sometimes he does that pretty recklessly uh without considering a lot of the baggage is involved with the themes that he's taking yes. um and i feel like this specific thing and, and the reason why this is gets a lot of attention because it is such a major plot point for all of the history of the show, the what the house in the basement, the, the reason why this got a lot of media attention, actual media attention, was that um, it was pretty clumsy. It, w- it was a very clumsy uh, allegory, if you will, or not again, not an allegory. Just he just took a theme, um, yeah. story wise, plot wise. It, I think it took a lot of. Pe- I think a lot of people who were new to the franchise actually were went to. New to the material, the on TV only watchers were actually quite uh, were pretty, quite impressed with the execution. So I feel like Studio Wit did a very good job, in uh, from what I've heard, because I actually haven't seen the actual episodes. So maybe I'm just from what I heard is that the the, the studio did a very good job of recreating, yes, of, of adaptation. Yes. Um, but the, and these are all issues that go straight back to the manga originally. And which is which is kind of weird because for some of us that's what three years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do they show the map in the episode or no? Uh, in in the anime. I don't recall seeing the map. Do you see a map, Zach? Do they show a map of anything? I'm I'm not caught up fully yet, <laughs> so I, I don't know. But right. I, I'm familiar. That's a best surprise. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm familiar with the big reveal. I you know I I'm curious about that right because I'm is that the thing that people are excited about mainly or is there actually just like stuff with the storytelling oh, and the there, character stuff in general that's so uh, much more progression there's a lot yeah there's more than that there's a lot okay. to be going on that's I good mean, to hear it's hard to say I and mean, we're not going to go into spoilers here but till after you're gone uh sure. but uh there's it's it's going to be hard to we have to get to the end i think to judge it properly like well, this is i would say this is the 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 bet that the climax yeah. of the show mm-hmm. and whether you want to continue the show or not this is this is where you make the decision because okay. what comes after that is Going out on a completely different wild territory. Yeah. Sure, makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm 100 percent back in. Cool. Um, in terms of you, you mentioned it. It you know seeing the end. Do we do we know there's a defined ending coming soon, or is what's the situation with that with the manga? Well, they've announced the final anime season will be in fall of 2020. So that's a little over a year away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so season three ends at chapter 90. And we have another 29 chapters after that so far. And they're adapting about five and a half chapters per episode. So I'm sort of expecting if they're going to do a 12 to 13 episode final season, we'll need about another six chapters to hmm. meet, meet that. So the manga could end uh, this December. And I'm, not surprised. Yeah. and I'm not surprised that it's going to and good. I think it's, it's definitely yeah. getting there. So the, there you go. I mean, he's he's ending it in good. He's not dragging it on for another it, decade. It, <laughs> it does have a have I a like feeling that. like it's wrapping up. Yeah, yeah. It's also good to hear. Yeah, very well, nice. We'll be back to cover it. Uh, the ending this year. <laughs> yep. We thought is it is it gonna go? He's a big fan of Game of Thrones, so he doesn't go down that. Right. 
<laughs> well. <laughs> All right, so he's obviously going, you guys want... He's, he's going to work on Star Wars. So <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Speaking of Nazi allegories. <laughs> he's, he's, doing, he's doing a manga adaptation of Star uh, Wars. That's his next... <laughs> He would do that. He would absolutely do that. He's also a big fan of Star Wars. <laughs> kind of forgot to make the ending good. Yeah. Well, they, I, I don't know. You know there's, 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 there's a shot in there of some of the uh, Titans in the manga that, that are drawn at like the Game of Thrones characters. Like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, then there's plenty of like they get. It got much more egregious in the the new newer chapters. Okay, we'll talk about that after Zach is gone. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so that's Attack on Titan. Uh, Vinland Saga, you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I'll just quickly hit this All up, right. and obviously can let you guys uh, go into the depths of Attack on Titan. But yeah, it's actually it's the next project by Studio Wit, right? So there's kind of some continuity there with that. Um, and yeah, so I came into this with you know pretty high expectations in terms of you know my knowledge of the the what this manga is and how well regarded it is. Uh, and so far, you know, there's only been three episodes of. Vinland Saga so far, but so far it has been very good. It's beautifully animated. There's great music. The, of course, the OP and the the ED are really good. Obviously, can't comment too much on everything because of the fact that there's only been three episodes with this kind of strange release schedule where they released three at once and we're still waiting mm. a couple of weeks for uh, episode four. But yeah, it, it was great and it was so good, in fact, that it made me want to go check out the manga itself and, yes. it and read that, which doesn't happen every day. So. Yo, know, I've been an advocate for this manga since its very beginning. So, like, I started reading this. This is one of the few, few mangas I did start from, like, chapter one from, from the time when it first was released, which was now pretty much a decade ago. So, as someone who's deeply invested in this, yeah. obviously, how do you feel about the adaption so far? It's 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 gorgeous. It's pro- it's better than I thought it would be, uh, which is insane. Um, <laughs> So like when you said like the, the in the, in a foreign person that oh the most basic the million I only watch Vinland is the most basic I, that sounds so weird to me because Vinland right. Saga seems is still in my head some this obscure property that only yeah. like a few people who are interested in like historical manga read yeah and, I, I might have the read on it wrong but I'm just well no to like no I think it is stuff you know yeah. yeah well no I think it has somehow reached a much bigger audience than I, than I could have anticipated. Will in release, and part of it may have to do with the fact that it's coming from Amazon, and they did put in a little right. bit effort in promoting it, and right. it's from, from somehow from a big studio like Studio Studio Wit again, um, which, but yeah, it just seems bizarre because it's not just it's like, like just a few years ago there were news like they, they aren't going to keep uh, printing the English uh, translations of the manga because it's not selling enough. So I really hope. That, so I think this the anime will really push it forward. So the anime started. Uh, um, they didn't. It didn't start with chapter one of Finan Saga. They started with sort of what is, but I think the, the basically the first arc. Finan um, Saga sort of started in Meteoress and then went back mm-hmm. to retell sort of the origin of Sorfin. And but the the, the 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 anime sort of just started right at the beginning of his life. Um, and for those of you who don't know, so Finan Saga is actually tells the story of. Uh, uh, the discovery of, well, not the discovery, the, the the first attempted settlement of Europeans in America by this guy named uh, Sorfin uh, Kalsefni, who is an actual historical figure. Um, and there are also many other historical figures in the anime 
that show up, uh, other historical figures that show up in anime, like Leif Erikson, mm-hmm. um, and there are a few other important ones also show up. Um, so it's Vikings, but it's not the sort of the type of Viking show that you expect. There's a lot of violence, but it, it deals with the, the idea of violence, uh, the ideas of, about war, um, and these sort of things in a very different perspective than, say, a show like Vikings on the History Channel. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the way that it's handled some of that stuff so far, um, both in what I've read of the manga and the anime, is is really impressive. Like some of the best interpretations of those themes uh, that I've seen, and obviously it's going to get explored in much greater depth as as it continues on. But like the character of Thor is who uh, is the father of the main character Thorfinn, who we see, as you said, in this this flashback sequence that the show opens on, mm-hmm. is so good. There are a couple moments already in the show that are just so powerful in terms of his perception of war and, you know, where he's come from and where he's at now. And it's really good. And, and there's a lot of really, you know, powerful, tragic material that's definitely brewing uh, with that. And it's yep. really engaging. Um, yeah. I was curious about your thoughts on that choice in the, in the anime I've read through the manga to the point where obviously I know that that starts in media res, like you said, what did you think of that, that choice to not do that? So, so the manga usually start like that usually because they needed to attract attention to, need to get get some readers, attract right. audience immediately. Get into the um, action so, immediately. Right. Yeah. So in, they open with a chapter that's often sort of can be standalone-ish, mm. um, so, and, and which is what that chapter was, and that sort of just tell just shows up shows like some of the basic qualities of what this manga is going to be. Um, and that chapter shows, shows that it's going to be about Vikings. There's going to be a lot of war. It's going to be a lot of violence. It's, it's about medieval historical warfare. Um, and then, but then it doesn't really touch on any actual story and themes as much. It'll introduce some of the main characters, maybe. Um, so I feel like the anime, knowing that it's going, that, that there is some hype behind the story, I think they made the right decision to just start at the very beginning, the actual very beginning. Yeah, I think for me, I really like in media res openings and then flashing back, sure. pulling back to show where you came from. And I think that there are certain aspects of the anime that that don't really hit because of the choice to uh, go away from that. Sure. Like the reveal of Ascalad really doesn't feel like anything in the in the show yet. Obviously, yet. we'll get filled in on what that's like after. But the actual reveal of him kind of fell flat uh, in the show. But but I think you're right. I think this is a more natural way to tell the story. And I think it it actually does a really good job in this medium, I think, hooking an audience, um, right. going back and seeing the, the setup to what to the main the main story that we're going to get to. So, yeah, I, it's it's really it's really good. <laughs> I'm really happy with it so far. And I can't wait to get more more of the anime and I'm going to keep reading the, the manga as well. I will say, so the, this is the, what is pretty much going to be the entire first, I mean, I assume there's going to be more seasons of, you know, Saga. maybe I shouldn't assume that, but I assume it's going to be yeah. what it's going to cover. It's what is known in a manga as the prologue. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, lot. Sure. There's a lot. And, and yeah. the, the manga changes drastically after the prologue <laughs> in terms of its theme and, what it's like, and some people found that shift to be quite unnerving, and some people sort of always say, "Oh, it's not, it's not this anymore. It's that now." I don't know, but I like all of it. But yeah, it's but it, just to know, this is it is probably still the best part of the manga. It's almost the this first arc is almost like a tour de force. The story just keeps going and going and hit one climax after another. So cool, cool. Yeah. That's the Vinland Saga chat. Uh, yep. discuss further on the forums if there for future episodes 
<laughs> like if, if, if you're if, if, uh, as the season goes on, you guys can keep posting, right? We have our sub forum for that. So uh, we'll see you <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, before Zach goes, we'll, we'll, uh, I'm gonna actually have the attack on Titan, Titan spoiler chat at the very end of the episode, anyway, so that people can avoid it if they want to. So that's at the very end. Uh, but the last thing with Zach, uh, we'll we'll just talk about uh, the tragedy of Kyoto Animation. Uh, Bill, if you can tell us a bit what happened. Yeah. Um, so. Just before noon on July 18th uh, at Kyoto Animation's first studio, uh, a 41-year-old man uh, spread gasoline at the, uh, the entrance of the building and lit it on fire. Uh, as people tried to escape the building, he was throwing gasoline on them, you know, shouting, die, die. And... Um, there were 74 people in the building. Of those 74, 34 people died and 35 were injured. Um, only two of the deceased have been publicly identified so far. And the building was pretty much a total loss. Uh, the, the architecture of the building didn't really help the situation either mm. because there was this sort of a central spiral staircase to get to the, uh, the three floors and there were no doors on the staircase, you know, to at each at each floor. So the staircase acted basically as a chimney, and it spread the smoke throughout the building, and the fire spread. And um, most, I think, over half of the deaths, uh, the bodies were found trying to escape uh, out the roof exit on the building, and that roof exit was apparently blocked. And so, because it acted like a chimney, they all got stuck, and the smoke came up, and it just, you know, suffocated them. Um, they they captured the suspect. He has he has a criminal past. He served three and a half years for armed robbery. Uh, he claimed reports say that he has claimed uh, that Kyoto Animation stole his novel, but there is absolutely no evidence that he has a novel or that he has submitted any work to them because Kyoto animation does uh, solicit work from, from outsiders, but um, they have absolutely no records of ever dealing with them. They have received uh, threats of violence in the past, but they have, they can't link any of them to this guy. Um, there is a GoFundMe that has been started by Sentai, uh, Sentai animation, which is a, or Sentai Filmworks, which is a North American anime distributor, and that has raised over $2 million to uh, help the victims with their medical bills or help the families with any funeral costs. Uh, Kyoto Animation has also set up a bank account purely to receive those donations and any donations in Japan. I've read reports that at... uh, Anime specialty shops in Japan, they have like donation boxes, and those are just stuffed full of cash. People reported seeing just wads of cash, you know, just stuffed in there, you know, hundred hundreds of dollars at a time. So this this is a awful, awful tragedy for the anime community. And sort of just to put this in a little bit more even further perspective, this is the worst uh Yes, yes. Incident of 
uh, masculine in Japan since what is it, 1950s, 1960s? Um, they're saying since World War II. Yeah. Since World War II. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So even to go. Yeah. Well. So, which 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 say this is this isn't just this is even just about anime. This is no. It's, it's yeah, a national, it's a tragedy. national tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did they see like why the roof was blocked? Like, did they, had he blocked it, or it was just by chance it was blocked? Like, the, I think it was just by chance. They may the doors may have been locked up there. There's some speculation, which, which I think is maybe a tad racist and culturalist that that Kyoto Animation locked the roof so that nobody would go up there and commit suicide by jumping off. You know, there's this dumb perception that. Yeah. Japanese people are all suicidal, but you know, it's just it, people often just lock roofs. Like yeah, that Most most buildings, uh, right. but it, I mean, I don't I don't know much about the building itself or whatever. Was it particularly vulnerable? Like just the materials? Like it seemed to have gone up really quickly. I guess you said it was the smoke that actually killed a lot of people, right? Even before the flames. Right. Yeah. Well, the building was a very open floor concept, you know, because mm-hmm. they have people. It's a creative space. You have to be able to communicate across the room with someone else. So there really were no walls to act as fire breaks in the building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, there is lack of doors on the staircase and there were no walls on the floors. So it, it, it just didn't help things. And, I mean, if you look at pictures of it, the first thing that leapt out at me is that there are no fire escapes. I mean, they have those two balconies right on the front of the building, which I guess you could jump from. It's only a three-story building. You might break a leg in the process, but at least aren't burning to death. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like there was just no easy way out of the building. Mm. Because of the 74 people in the building, almost 69 people were either injured or killed. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those circumstances where there's just so little time. Like, by right, it's just, uh-huh. you, know, you see, you suddenly see what does fire smoke and and there's right. crowded and it's just just a real uh, tragedy for Japan. Like, it's really disheartening to hear about. I read one analysis by a university professor that said if if they didn't recognize within the first five minutes that they needed to get out of there, they probably weren't getting out of there alive. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is obviously a, a terrible, senseless thing. I don't I don't really know. It's just, it's such a hard thing, right? And for me, like the thing I I personally have to focus on is what you mentioned, Bill, which is how the community has really come together and mm-hmm. and and done some incredible things. And I think this is a community that I think gets a lot of you know the anime and manga community gets a lot of unfair shit thrown its way, and I think yes. it's just. It's really, it's really moving to see to see everyone come together and show this kind of support. Like to show it to, I guess, give a kind of balance to that. Um, in the in the StarCraft community, we had a, a very significant uh, figure pass away this past weekend, and it's the same sort of thing where it's been really moving to see people come together um, and just. To, I don't know. I'm just. I, I'm I'm overcome by the power of community. Uh, when when these things happen is the one thing that gives me solace when these things happen. Um, and it's, it's good to see that here. Yeah. Um, we're in about a year, a year, a year from yesterday, the uh, 2020 Summer Olympics will be opening in Tokyo. And I fully expect there to be some sort of a memorial tribute during their opening ceremony. Sure. Um, 
Well, sort of just to yeah, and sort of just to point out this because a lot of people people in the, in the moment when this news broke, when there was a lot of talk, oh how anime studios usually mistreat their employees. Kyoto Animation doesn't. Do no. That. Um, Kyoto Animation's all their staff is fully salaried. Um, they're they were renowned for having for give, for treating their staff very well, giving them good work environment. They're one of the few animation studios that exist, major studios that exist outside of Tokyo, which actually I think helped a lot because uh-huh. uh, it is upheld very much in its within its the local community in Kyoto, and also more just in the general Kansai area as being one of these great major important institutions that they have. So um, I think a lot of the the, the even the, the sometimes correct stereotypes about animation studios doesn't really apply to KyoAni. Right. And you can you can see the quality of their work too. Yeah. You know, the first uh, series of theirs I ever watched was uh, the adaptation of Air in two thousand five, and I just remember looking at it and thinking, "Wow, this is like movie quality visuals," and that's like the first time I really took notice of the studio that produced it. Then they make uh, Clannad as well. Yes, I, yeah. I think their the music for that was very good. Like it's quite renowned. Mm. The audio tracks and music for Clannad, I've used them before for our podcasts. Like they yeah. they, they were good on everything, direction, I mean, animation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Harry they made Harry Suzumiya I mean The Silent Voice, the movie. Yeah. Which we talked about a lot already. Uh I mean I'm not generally not the biggest fan of all of their shows, but I mean, their animation quality was never in in, in question. Um Sort of the work they put into their 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 project or was never was never in question, um, and so yeah, this is a huge loss. Okay, well, thanks for talking about it, guys. Uh, before Zach goes, because uh, we were chatting about One Punch Man and Attack on Titan and these like four year delays and the and you know the impact on the fandom, and I'm just kind of right. curious to think: uh, is this a recent? view on things like are we spoiled that we think four years is a long break like in the past for certain products like anime like for anime certain series if there was a four-year break there might not be anything to fill the gap so people were still happy when it came back so do you think it was different maybe in the 90s or 80s or do you think it still would have been an issue i'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on that gaps of four years between seasons i wonder if there's maybe a rush to get things adapted into anime so that you know like uh, for Sailor Moon, for example, they their first season was about 46 episodes long, and then they didn't have enough material to really for, for the second season to really start adapting right away. So they had to invent that whole uh, thing with the tree and the aliens, <laughs> which people generally say is you know the worst part of the the original 90s anime. Oh yeah, but that was that was produced purely to give uh, Takeuchi time to write more Sailor Moon mm. so they could adapt it. And of course that 90s anime didn't adapt the manga perfectly, but it, it did a pretty close job and, but it it's, was not a perfect adaptation. Yeah, I think in the past the these long-running shows they need to keep running to keep their TV slot. Mm, yes. um, so what they did the usual approach was to so the, the infamous filler arcs of all these oh, different shows. God, Naruto, the 100 yeah. episodes of filler. I watched all of those as a kid. I was like, what is the good stuff going to come Because yeah, you thought, oh, it, it, these episodes must have meaning, right? They're, they're going to pay off later. No, they're yeah, just... Exactly. Sorry. Uh, yeah. 
But I think that when you show something, My Hero Academia, even if you want to say, even One Punch Man, like, what, instead of what they do, just, just breaks. Uh, <laughs> um, so that you don't see these. I don't, I don't remember the last film major show having these sort of filler arcs. I mean, like, well, I mean, there must be some of the show big show shows that I don't watch that I still have them. Uh, they need to just keep good, just churning out materials episode by episode. But, uh, for it, I think now it's more standard practice just take breaks. Have yeah, to I think, take breaks. I think that's a good development. Um, I think that's generally a good thing. Obviously, we, we talked about the kind of concerns about that, and I think it is, you know, it is kind of escalated by the fact that we do live in a very instant gratification kind of culture now where, like, the flavor of the month is more like the flavor of the day now, so it's really hard to stay relevant. But I, I think that in terms of the production and the ways that, like, television has changed, it, it's good that they kind of get more leashed like that. And I think that generally is a positive thing to me. I think that that actually benefits these shows in the long run versus something like the filler arcs, like you said, where it just kind of dilutes the quality of the show, which I think is more dangerous. Uh, and that we have a kind of, you know, big example of this in our other fandom, of course, Game of Thrones <laughs> didn't have the material and we saw the consequences of that. So. Right. <laughs> it's always a dangerous thing. Maybe maybe Game of Thrones should have had filler arc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have gone off to well, South Rose for a season. It wasn't that they had did that material. They caught a lot of it, right? That the from the books, like it was there, and then oh, you. Right. I mean, they, oh, had the material. they had they would have had yeah. to develop it. And yeah, they had to wait, not just transition, like actual proper material to be yeah. developed. Yeah, they would have to keep keep creating new stuff until uh, Martin decides right. that he wants to write more. So Which I think would obviously be unfathomable in that yes. sort of show. Right? Twenty like, seasons I, of filler. That would never happen. <laughs> But yeah, it is what it is. I think, generally speaking, I, I like that the, the big shonen stuff and the, just the big tentpole anime is willing to not subject us to the horrors of filler to that, to that degree. Yeah, I think probably the way I was thinking about it, too, is, is yes, they had the filler. In the West, we didn't get those things right away anyway. Right? So we had the wait, right? There wasn't as much, but that, there's just so much. There's so much shows now, anime or regardless, there's just so much out there that you just go on to something else. In the, which, which in a sense could be good, I guess, and you're not waiting so much for the other one. I'm, I'm just saying that do you experience the letdown in the conventions? Like One Punch Man was dropping, there wasn't a lot of cosplay, but finally it's starting to get up again, which is good. Do you think if they had just done a bunch of filler material, that wouldn't have happened? But they didn't need filler, filler material. They had the material. Like right. they, they, it's just it didn't get made. Yeah, that's a unique <laughs> case. It, yeah, yeah, it sounds like that was just like a very fraught production situation that just kind of went off the rails. So that just might be what that that was okay thanks zach for joining yeah. us that was great to yeah you back thank, on here of course yeah it was a ton of fun thank you guys for inviting me back and i'll, I'll try to keep catching up on all kinds of stuff so i, I have things to <laughs> things to say in the future i'd love to be back uh i will say this before i leave i haven't watched that workout uh anime that you guys might talk about but i do endorse your opinion on dynamic uh stretching <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I will leave. Know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm trying to remember what I said. I think dynamic stretching is is good, uh, but yeah. I'll do some static stretching as well. Or is, it, yeah. is that what I said? Like, or maybe for yeah. particularly for once you're warmed up, you, you still need I think the static stretching to get to the you know like yeah. So the, the, use both. I think is the way to go, right? <laughs> I agree, and we can discuss that further on our stretching podcast. That's right. <laughs> All right, thanks again, guys. All right, talk to you. Good talk. Bye, Zach. Bye-bye. Okay, so we're going to push Attack on Titan to the very end because for anyone who doesn't want to avoid, wants to avoid the latest manga spoilers, so let's 
wrap up before that with uh, what you've been watching the season, uh, like the, the best of the season, I guess, to tell us, and, and then we'll talk about the workout show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, have you been watching anything uh, this season, Bing? Uh, really, only two shows: Ben on Saga and Fruits Basket, which is which is not oh, even this season. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, that's true. Um, I well, guess we can talk about Fruits Basket, right? Basket? The, the new Fruits Basket, right? It's the new yeah. twenty years mm-hmm. later or 10, 15 years later or whatever. Well, it's a it's a reboot. Mm-hmm. It's it, completely reboot. Yeah. yeah, the original creator was not at all happy with the uh, the original anime, mm-hmm. and so this is. I, it, this wasn't really even planned necessarily. It was sort of like they had some anniversary manga event and where yeah. it, was, it was like, oh, that would be great if we redid this. And it was like, oh, well, why don't we redo this? Yep. And so here mm. we are. So this is kind of similar to the Sailor Moon uh, mm. reboot, which last in this, this time is now being done, directed very heavily by the manga creator. Yes. Mm. Oh, in, um, and I liked... Original show, I understand why the manga, the manga artist hated the original uh-huh. show, because uh, this uh, first basket, the, the the original show was very comedic. Mm. Um, it was directed by a guy named Taro Daichi, who is very famous for his comedic timing. That's that, um, and he directed basically like side people. <laughs> It's kind of like his or her circumstances, I guess, right? The, the, the fight over being comedy mm. versus drama. Yeah, a little bit like that. Um, although in, in the case of Gainax, there's also a lot of other production issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, 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 and, and Fruit's Best takes a very, very different turn uh, towards the dramatic side um, mm. in a manga. Um, so I think that the show is good. Although... At this point, hasn't really covered any new material yet. Um, I think the animation is generally pretty good. Although the character models can sometimes feel very, very flat. I think they almost look like paper. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, which I think is that might be an effect of trying to be a little bit too faithful to the manga. Um, but uh, the, the the pacing is pretty good. I don't think it's actually that much different from uh, the original show either. I think they're pretty much at the same spot as episode-wise. Right. Uh, well, the original show was 26 episodes, and I think they yeah. expect this one to double that. Yeah. Well, the, like the first season's basically of this show. They do like first quarter or whatever. It's going to be the same as first. Well, covering exactly okay. Same Big, are you downloading something, by the way? You, you seem to be at choppy right now. We're not getting... Uh, no, I think it's just internet being crappy. Sorry, Lucy. <laughs> I think the internet is just being crappy. Am I right now? It's still a bit choppy, but I, uh, that's okay. We'll, we'll power okay. through to the end here. I think we're almost done. So you'll, yeah, keep, yeah. you'll keep us updated on <laughs> sure. on uh, Fruits Basket. My, I know my, my sister was a big fan of that. I'm not sure if she's yeah. watching this, but uh, um, there always will be people who have the nostalgic view for the original, right? They might not want to mm-hmm. or like the newer one, but at least the animation maybe, is decent, right? Oh. Maybe I, I thought anybody who's who should just watch this new show anyways. Yeah. Right. Okay, so let's move on to Bill. Uh, just yeah, I know you watch a lot, so why don't you just give, you give us your top three of the season? Uh, okay, top three. We're going to start with uh, Aroburu Kisetsu no Otome Domoyo. 
which translates as Maidens, Maidens of the Savage Season. It's a very thoughtful and tasteful look at uh, high school girls coming to grips with their sexuality and how it affects them. There's absolutely nothing lurid or sensational in this. It's it's very well done. Uh, it's written by Mario Kata. This is like the first anime series where she is actually a the original creator of it. Um, she's kind of become a, an anime writing superstar over the past uh, 10 years. And you can often find her name attached to most of the really popular shows in that time span. She uh, she worked on Anohana. Uh, she worked on Toradora. She... Um, to open up her page here so I can keep reading. <laughs> that didn't open. You mean she worked on to Toradora? Like she, she wrote Toradora? Or she, she um, on it? Or, or? Well, she, she uh, is credited with the series composition, hmm. which is kind of a, which is a term which is interchangeable with script writer. Interesting. Um, which I think for adaptations generally means that she you know, decides the pacing, she decides you know, the tone of the voice, um, what what scenes get cut? Which scenes get you know put here and put there? Sometimes that's also done sort of by committee. You know, people go into a writer's room and they sit down and say, "Oh, well, this event here and that event there." And then usually the script writer goes off and writes up the script, you know, to match that. Um, but but she she is renowned for being a very good anime writer, and that is certainly holding up in this series. I would say that this series is sort of like the anime cousin to uh, my so-called life. If, if you know, you're looking for a good, good way to think about it, or maybe a very, very PG version of Euphoria currently on HBO. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd I'd say that's my my top show for this season. Cool. So do you have any other uh, top two or, like recommendations? Uh, probably the next one I would say is Joshikose no Muda Zukai, which is uh, the wasteful days of high school girls, which is literally it's about three high school girls just sort of wasting their youth. Uh, it's a comedy. It's very irreverent, very absurd. Uh, I've been reading Head in the Manga, and I'm just I'm loving every chapter, and I, I like how they are adapting it out of order. Like they will take usually three or four manga chapters. They're very short chapters and they will put them together into an episode, but they're, they're jumping around, you know, chapter 50 and chapter two and chapter 23 and chapter nine, all get put in the first episode. Yeah. I guess they have more leeway for the kind of uh, slice of life show or something, right? That they can right. do that. Yeah. Mm. And they also expand on the manga material because there are, mm. they, you know, they had this, this joke about how, you know, this girl was trying to come up with a funny nickname for all her for all her classmates to call her, and and in the manga, it's just like here's a list of names, and they sort of go through them one by one, like oh that's not funny, that's not funny. But in the anime, they actually see her being called by these names, you know, by her classmates, and at the end of one, she's just like I have no will to live anymore because she's been so beaten down by being called this ridiculous nickname. So that's that's a good example of how that's. They've ex- expanded on the manga material there to to enhance the the comedy of the show. Um, Is the third one the the workout show? <laughs> uh, it can be. Uh, 
Well, if you got um, one, then go ahead. If you got a third one, go ahead. Uh, okay. Third one, I would say, is uh, Machikado Mazoku, which is... It's about the horrorful days of uh, high school girls. Horror. It's a horror one, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> the theme is a high school... Not, not exactly. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, th- this one's about a high school girl also. Um, it's about a high school girl who wakes up to discover she's actually a demon, and she has to go murder a magical girl. That's close. And, yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, it's very, it's kind of dark in its humor. You know, she she would go to school and she has her horns and her and her tail that just grew the day before. And her friends are like, "Oh, hey, cool, what are those?" And she's like, "Oh, I want my destiny." And her friends like, "Oh, I wish I had a cool destiny like that too." <laughs> so it's it's a parody of magical girl shows from the point of view of the the villain. You know, she has to become a villain, and she kind of bungles her way through it. I really didn't stop laughing throughout the whole first episode. It was just hilarious from start to finish. That's one of those concepts that could be done well for commentary uh-huh. purposes. Yeah. And so, and now we can move on to uh, the uh, the dumbbell, the weightlifting girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the name of the show again? Dumbbell Non Kilomotoru, which is how much is that dumbbell you're lifting? Uh, it's about a high school girl, uh, big surprise, uh, who kind of putting on some weight and her friend points out, Hey, you're looking kind of big around the waist. You should go work out some. And so she goes and joins a gym. And, uh, this, the series is, uh, produced by Doka Kobo and it actually has the same director as, uh, one of your favorites. I mean, uh, Gekken Shoujo Nozaki-kun. Hmm. So, I, I'm sure you'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was very I mean, the Get was very well directed too. So I can I can kind of uh-huh. see the element there. I mean, part of part of the sh- this show is kind of like instructing people how to work out. It's like educational for Japanese people to get, <laughs> right. uh, to promote that kind of thing. But so far, as Barrick was talking about on the the forums, it's actually pretty accurate for in terms of like different workout techniques. So like it's actually providing good information to people mm-hmm. who might not have it. Otherwise, and it kind of eases them into it. It kind of explains, like, oh, it's okay to start slow, right? Don't, right? don't expect the world when you get started. Any Anything you're doing, any activity in the gym or otherwise, at least you're doing it and you kind of build it up and that's fine. It's personal challenges. And and, and there's not really any uh, uh, body shaming as far as I see so far. That one character no, not all. teases her, but that, uh-huh. that's it. And that's probably just, you know, a, friendly, a friend teasing you. It's not really meant to, like, she, to an extent, she the character, they, I've only seen the two episodes, but she uh, seems to be at least be you know she's she's getting something out of it. That's why she yeah. goes there. And, and well, another well, hilarious part of the show is 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 like the the guy in the show is like the Macho <laughs> San or whatever his name Macho <laughs> Macho. Yeah. Has, uh, he's there to help and he's good. But like he seems like he, he's the type of guy who's like he's got like uh, his face. He looks like some. He's got like a geeky face. Like he's a geeky character. Yet he's like super buff under the show. Yeah. It's like the weirdest combination ever. Like he seems like you're very slim, you know, slim. Uh, almost. I don't say bishos, and I say more like geeky type character, right? But yet he's like super right. buff. Yeah, he flexes and his clothes just blow off of him. <laughs> there was actually a scene in um, uh, yesterday's episode that I don't think you've seen where you actually see him like zipping up his jacket and all his <laughs> muscles. He, he literally just like deflates. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so the last, the last I saw of it was, was when then she, she turns like doubt that she can punch really hard. Like she <laughs> right. the bag. So I haven't seen anything. Uh, somebody said there's a prequel for one punch man. 
right for for his, for his mother or something but I, yeah. I didn't see since that. i think it's probably one or at least one or two episodes since then mm-hmm. that came out right right i think it's been just one since that when does it come out usually is it tuesdays or um what's my schedule looking like here uh it's every wednesday it's two i think because i don't think it's it must have been one last yesterday right yes i think i'm two busy. right yeah. So I'll check that out again, see what it is. I mean, I, I don't know how, what the legs of it are because having read the forums review of the manga, it says it's not much plot. It really is just like teaching you stuff, which is, I mean, I don't yeah, really need to see. I, so. I don't expect to be much plot at all. Okay, so that's about it. We're going to end up here <clears throat> for people who don't want to listen to Attack on Titan latest manga chapter spoilers. Uh, now's your time to take a break. Uh, and why don't we just put that in the after show? So thanks for joining me, you guys, for the main yep. show. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, good to Thank do you our for thing, us. talk about Comic Con and uh, some of the latest anime manga we've been going through. So check us out at Masters of Kings and we're on Facebook, and uh, we don't have our own Twitter, it's just my Twitter. Javadi and me on, on Twitter. And we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. After show to talk about Attack on Titan, latest uh, manga spoilers as of July 2019. Now, the latest chapter that I saw was was the bullet shot chapter. Is that the right? Is that the, yeah, the, that's the last chapter? one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One nineteen. So here we go. Aaron gets full headshot. Spoilers here. So Aaron's Aaron gets his head blown off by a bullet. Rip Aaron. Is he dead? <laughs> yes, Aaron is dead. Because because he's because he's being his head has been severed and he's not in Titan form. So right. he, he should be dead in theory, right? Theoretically, I mean it all depends on what exactly counts as death here, you know. Because yeah. mm. I think, well, I think that last panel—I don't have it in front of me. I, I think there's still like some strands of flesh, you know, connecting the head to the body. So you know what? Didn't Reiner sort of escape being killed? Yes, through Again. similar means. Something like that. Uh, yes, oh, really? uh, his entire head was blown off. Right. Except That's what I thought. But, then, but he was inside of a Titan at a time. Okay. Yes. So that was the difference. I guess. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how these things work anymore. It's, it's, it's ballsy <laughs> if they kill them. It's ballsy if they kill them. Uh, it could just be a great fake out. We'll see. It, it also kind of makes no sense if they kill him. Right it is because the problem is the problem with Aaron's character is I I still don't know exactly what he's doing. Yeah, that's like, the problem. Is he an asshole or is he playing a long game here? And if he just dies, how are we ever going to know that one way or another? Unless somebody him else and, shows like, it. Yeah, him and oh. Zeke's plan is like this arcs the second half's uh, basement thing, except ba- much worse. <laughs> Like Zeke made sense when if Zeke's plan originally was I'm going to pretend to be with Marleans, but I want to help my people. 
Fair enough. It's the ultimate long game, right? He betrayed his parents because they were going to be found anyway. Mm-hmm. But what Aaron was doing, like, I, I don't know yet. Was Aaron under Zeke's control and that's why he's an asshole? Or is Aaron an asshole generally? Or is Aaron an asshole because it's a long game and he's actually going to be good? In the end, like, it, it's so it's complicated now that I can't evaluate it until I get to the end. The end is coming soon. Then I'll be able to evaluate it and it may be negative. Like I, I just, but I, I you don't want to, you don't want to prejudge it because we haven't seen the last few chapters. So there may be explanations for this. But if he's just dead, then we may not know what happened. I mean, if he, if he was controlled by his brother, well, then it's not his fault, right? He just got taken over. He's just he's just right. no autonomy. But I don't know. Like it's just so so convoluted right now. Yeah, I pulled up the last page. His head is fully detached. <laughs> so <laughs> really, it looks pretty dead to me. <laughs> Who knows? But so, uh, if somebody eats him, they'll still get his memories, won't they? Or something? <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I think yeah. if he, I think if he dies, his powers then get recycled, sort of randomly the into the, yeah, the, the populace, yeah. right? Yeah. Calves or something. I don't know. So and, what is? So is the plan as as far as it seems is they want to basically kill all Eldians, like um, all new ones. They don't have any kids, which is basically almost the same thing. Yeah, the, I I believe the plan was to render all Eldians infertile to end the uh, the inheritance cycle of the Titan powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's almost as bad as killing everybody. It's essentially it's, genocide. Yeah, it's genocide. <laughs> it's genocide. Like it is just total evil. It's saying, okay, they get to live out their life. They can never have kids. They know they're going to die out. It's pretty bad. <laughs> There's a video game to this exact same scenario was conducted, and they were very clear that in in that game to call it a genocide. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's exactly what that is. Yeah, there's plenty of people with half blood out there. I'm sure. Are they going to catch those people? I'm sure they'll just be born to somebody with half blood or something, right? Like, uh, with ha- like, does it matter? Like, do they have to be full blood? It seems like they'll do all this and then just be born to some half Marleyan kid or something. Un- unless yeah. you have to be like a full blood Eldian to get the Titan power in the first place. Well, did, but know. wasn't Reiner not full blood? Was he? Oh, but he ate one though, didn't he? What was it? Born yeah, that. That, that still means he has Titan powers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But he ate, yeah, he ate another Titan, though. He wasn't born with it, right? Uh, right. Well, he has to be he, he has to be able to turn into a regular Titan to eat uh, another person. That's to right. He was, he was made into a Titan and then he ate him. Yeah, so, so, he, so he could still be made into a Titan. Now, the question, can he be born into one? I don't know the rules of this thing. Yeah. This, I feel like this whole, ever since the second half started, like, Past yeah. the well, current endpoint of the anime, this whole thing has just gotten way more convoluted than it needed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it got away from Attack on Titan. Like, there's barely any. The Titan stuff is just so sidelined, just as a means of a couple things going on. It just flipped the story way too much. But it's like multiple conspiracies going out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, good to, it was have... good to the sense of when they finally got rid of the main kingdom and they put uh, Historia in. Like, that was that fine. Was, that was still good, but then since then, but now she's part, pregnant. Yeah, the final arc <laughs> has been quite gone. weak. It just, it, I can't fully judge it till we get to the end. We'll see, but it could very well be a negative review for it. So we'll see. I think that the main problem is suddenly we lost our perspective on all of the, these important characters. Yes. The only perspectives that we really have are the new ones, the Gabby, the, the kids, yeah. uh, Armin, and a little bit of Armin and Mikasa. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> And we don't know what the hell Aaron's doing. We don't know what the hell Zeke is really doing until the last few chapters. Yeah, right. um, don't really know what the Marleyan upper people are planning. Um, it seems that the entire uh, Paradise Island government is just idiotics at this yeah. point. Or it doesn't have one. 
Uh, those the weird the weird new the Yelena what's her that's her name the giant woman we have no idea what what yeah. the hell her deal is. Well, I mean, Aaron Aaron's like genocidal attack on the uh, his his great his huge attack terrorist attack basically on the mainland too, right? Like doing right. that and like it's just so convoluted. What the hell is your plan? Like I, I don't understand. Like you you trying to get people sterilized yet you want them also you attack their base so they're gonna come attack you. Like I I, I just don't get it. And he, he needs to have, like, he killed, like, tons of people in doing that, too. Like, it, yep. it, there's no really, he's, he can't be redeemed. The only, the only way he can be redeemed is if he was controlled, because then it wasn't his, his choice, right? He was just a robot. Because he was just, he had no autonomy. But otherwise, he just massacred all these people. And it's just confusing. And then also, the, the Marleyans, like, it seemed like, the, remember the Warhammer Titan or whatever? Uh-huh. And the other, it seemed like they were maybe actually running the Marleans. Like it was kind of weird, right? It was like they were in secretly in power. Like the few Eldians were actually running the Marley Empire. Did you get that reading? It seemed that it seemed to be like the Warhammer or Titan, and and, and they, the, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, they're actually the ones in charge. So yeah, they live in luxury, and then the rest of the people are in, in a fake in a jail, and then but they actually they're running. Like, it's just so convoluted. <sighs> But the problem is, like, all of these elements are just all completely introduced in the second half. Yeah. Post this re- the end of this this, this this recent anime season. Um, yeah. Some of it, I, I feel like the anime did as best as it could to, to sort of splice in elements of this. Mm-hmm. Just so that it doesn't just come completely out of the blue later on, right? Like, right. They, they put in little bits of that in Ymir's backstory to show, actually show Marley. <laughs> Yeah. That was <laughs> um, and but like the, right now, there's just too much like, going on at the same time. I feel like I feel like again, um, the reason I brought up uh, Game of Thrones in the forum post is because I I know that uh, I know that the manga uh, he he watch, he re, he watches all the stuff, and I feel like he's just trying to cram in all these different cool stuff that he just saw and just trying to somehow create this giant <laughs> interwoven story like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Or Star Wars, or whatever other thing that he's really into at this point. But I feel like he's just making a huge mess out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like there's there's a lot of potential with certain specific characters, like Gabby. Yeah. And such. And, Gabby's but, character but, development has been pretty interesting. Yeah, some of the new characters have some good stuff, but there's just so yeah. many characters. I, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know. Just asshole number four. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, too, there's too many new characters. What the hell happened to Levi? Is Levi dead? Oh. No, Question he's, he's hanging around. I think. Question mark? I think. I don't know. But, but then, but then, uh, got fried hard. What happened? To the guy. What was his That's name? Aaron's brother. What's his name again? Uh, Zeke. Zeke. So Zeke got away then. Right. Like, what? How did he get away? I, uh, I forget. Magic dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's supposed to be the original Ymir. What uh, happened to you? Yeah. So Ymir's backstory. Like so. so is she from like what happened again? Like, uh, how did Ymir get in? Like, I know she stole the Titan potion. Was that from the mainland then? No, it was so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. no, Ymir um, was wandering and was sentenced like with the, the rest of her cult. Oh, and I see. There. She was wandering and she ate the original. Well, not the original one. The the kid from um, from Marley. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Marcel. Uh, Marcel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's how Marcel. she got out of it. But was she in the conspiracy then, or was she just some other random person? No, no, no. She, she just she just heard about the, uh, everything. Like you, you dropped on everything. Oh. Right. Anyways, well, yeah, she's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think 
what's his name? Gellard. He's also dead. Or uh, I don't have that name. The on last my chapter. List. The, the the new Jaw Titan. Uh, the new Jaw Titan I have down is Falco. Yeah. Well. Oh, right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Falco H. Right. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was going through Wikipedia last night. Just you know. Oh. Uh, did <laughs> Falco? Oh yeah, yeah. Falco H. The last one. I. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 The well, Porco, whatever his name is, mm. he died. Right. Just in like the last two or three chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Too many stuff going on. Yes. Yeah, it's going to have to just be evaluated at the end. Uh, probably by the time we have our next recording, we might be at the end of the manga. It's possible. Like we have uh, oh, yeah, six yeah. months or so or right. longer. Yeah. We can finally sit back and see what the hell happened here. But the odds are not, are getting, are not that good right now with mm-hmm. the, the way it's going. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it would be ballsy to kill Aaron, but then they'd be missing stuff. So it's, it seems like a fake out to me. Mm-hmm. Some kind of mm-hmm. fake out. I don't know. Like Aaron was really transferred himself to something else, so that was just a fake Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good chatting with you guys. That's it then yep. for this episode. Uh-huh. This is the after show is ending up here. So Bill, send me a recording by email. I guess, All right. Or, or by Skype. I guess I can save it. Yeah. Okay. See you guys. Okay. All see right. You. Later. <laughs>